So I'd like to read from you from the Gospel of John, and if you have a uh, if you have an electronic device with you, you should be able to find the Gospel of John on that electronic device. There are Bibles in the back of the room. If you find that, we're going to John chapter 14. Uh, John is in the New Testament, which is in the back third of the Bible. If you don't, if you don't know that your way around the Bible, most, a lot of us don't. Some of us do. Um, John chapter 14, beginning with the 15th verse, and this is um, this is in in a section of John where this is this is sort of the final discourse that J- Jesus is having with the disciples, and so just listen for some of the things that he's preparing them. Um, four. If you love me, you obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor or comforter to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept the Spirit of Truth because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will, see, will not see me anymore, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, this is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. So tell me about your peaceful place. Somebody, anybody. Sedona, Sedona Arizona, yes. What's, what was your peaceful place, sir? The beach, the beach, okay. All right, and, and what's the, and yes, ma'am. Okay, in Switzerland, mountains, okay, beauty, this sort of thing, okay. All right, and, and the feeling that you're getting there is... Peaceful, the way we define it, right? The way the way the way we right the way we think of it in general is is sort of this 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 absence of any stress. Everything is calm. There's no there's no anxiety. There's there's nothing troubling us. Well, it's interesting. Um, a mentor of mine talks about going to going to coach a, a man who who really should have had peace. He had made millions and millions and millions of dollars. He had, he had homes all over the world. He just won awards for his home being one of the most beautiful in the south of France, and that's where he lived. 
He had an assistant who could dial up anything at any time. Like if the man wanted to go on a sailboat, sailboat. If he wanted to get on a plane and fly somewhere, plane. I mean, all these sorts of things, any kind of food, any kind of travel, anything that he wanted was available to him. Now, for most of us at this point in the story, we're thinking, wow, I could be pretty peaceful in that. But he wasn't at peace. He was depressed. He was depressed. And so he said to to my mentor, he said, he said, "Um, I just want to be at peace. Like, I'm not at peace. I want to be at peace. And, and my mentor said to him, if you want to get peace, go get dead. That's where all the peaceful people are. They're dead. Because the kind of peace that he was wanting was just his absence from, any, from anything, you know, of any challenge, of, of anything. He was, wanted this. When we don't have a challenge, when we don't, when we don't have things that, are, that we're working toward... We get bored. We think having millions of dollars and having all that would just be, you know, the bee's knees. That, that would be exactly what we want. We would have peace. But peace is not necessarily the absence of conflict, the way we think about it, or the absence of problems. Peace in the Scripture, for the most part, is this, is this Hebrew way of thinking about it, which is shalom, which is, which is wholeness. And I like how, um, and I, like how I found this uh, definition. It said, use of the word peace or shalom in the Old Testament involves fulfillment that comes to humans when they experience God's presence. That there's a sense that, that for us, Peace is not the absence of anxiety, though that would be nice. It's not necessarily the absence of stress, but it is being found in God. Of knowing and trusting in God in such a way that whatever is happening out here, we know that there is a hidden wholeness to all things. That in God, everything is held together. That whatever is transpiring in our lives, everything is held together. And that we are called, that we are called then to engage in life in a way to to care for things the way God would care for them, to love the way God would love, to to reach out to other people and to serve them. And if we're doing that, we're probably not going to be stress-free or anxiety-free. Because we're going to want to be pushing things forward. We're going to want to be engaging with people. But underneath all of that, you know, underlying all of that in this foundational piece is, a, is, is just this, this trust and this faith that in God there is this wholeness that surpasses everything that seems broken in us. But oftentimes the way that we try to take a path to peace in, in, in our lives is because we think that peace is no stress, no whatever, or getting away from it all. Um, oftentimes people try to take all kinds of different ways to get peace, right? Alcohol, drugs, gambling, 
eating, <laughs> right? I feel stressed. Man, that half gallon of Ben and Jerry's looks really good right now. I'm going to feel good when I eat that. That blood's going to go to my stomach and I'm just going to be calm, you know? I mean, we do all kinds of things to numb ourselves because we think that that, that, that means peace. But that's not what it is for us as people who follow God. The peace that we have comes from the Spirit. Because we have been drawn in by the Spirit through our baptism and through being drawn in to the, to the, um, to the family of God in Jesus Christ. We have been grafted into the vine who is Jesus And that is where we found our foundation and our root. And that is where we find our peace because we know that in Christ, everything holds together. Even when it looks like everything is falling apart. And so coming from that place of peace, having that joy that I talked about last week, we can begin to move things forward. We can begin to to try to create things in our lives. We can begin to, to really partner with God in the midst of life. Because we're not trying to create a peace in us. We are receiving it. We are living in it. We're not numbing ourselves away from the world. We're engaging in this world that God created and said was good, but is yet broken and in need of redemption, just as we are. And so we come with anxiety. (laughs) We come with stress. We come with worry. And in Christ, we find ourselves made whole again. Instead of feeling like that little Lego guy with all his arms and his legs and his hands all in different places of the house, we find ourselves drawn and knit back together and held in the Spirit in a wholeness that we don't really understand it's the peace that, in Jennifer's King James Version, patheth understanding. I can't even say the King James Version. In Romans, in Romans chapter 14, so where does this peace come from? Where, where is it come? In Romans chapter 14, verse 8, and you can find that in your Bibles as well. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I mean, there's a sense that there's there's some real peace there. There's some real wholeness there. It's like, well, whatever happens, I'm held in God. Whatever's going on here, even if I lose my life, I can find wholeness here because the Lord has claimed me. Not because I've done something special, not because I've signed up and raised my hand and and done everything right and prayed and and worshipped and given 10% of my income and done done all these right things, but because God has claimed us. We're given this wholeness. We're given this spirit. We're given this peace if we're willing to engage it. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Set your mind on the things that are above. Set your mind on the things that are above. That, that, that being whole and being held in the Spirit means that, that we're, not, we're not just thinking about the things that are on earth, that, but that we're looking at things the way God looks at them, that we're in that wholeness. We're able to see things in a different way. We're able to see God working in and around us, even when it looks like that's not happening. We are looking for places where we can partner with God in the midst of our work, 
in the midst of school, in the midst of our daily lives, in our communities. Because we believe that there is a hidden wholeness there, that God is already at work in the world going before us, paving the way. And that what what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to partner with God. We're supposed to be looking for that, to have our eyes opened as we have been given this wholeness to find what God is doing in the world to make the world whole again. Because what we have been taught and what we believe is that in Jesus Christ, everything has already been made whole. That's the thing that's hardest for us to wrap our heads around. That in Jesus Christ, that, that, that in his death and in his resurrection, that, that something happened cosmically there that changed everything. That in Jesus, everything has already been redeemed, everything has, al- has, has al- already been um, made whole, everything has al- already been reconciled together. That every relationship has been made right. That everything has been put in its rightful place in Christ. And that we, as the people who, who, who come before God and who have been gathered in by the Spirit, we, the people of peace, are those who wait, in some sense, anxiously for the fulfillment of that. But while we're waiting anxiously, it's not, we're, not just, you know, we're not just back on our heels. We are engaged in the work that God has for us to do here and now. Not that we're going to bring the kingdom down from heaven, but that we're going to show forth the kingdom as it is now. And so we have peace with God. We have wholeness with God. And so whatever you're working on right now, whatever you're going through, however pulled apart you feel, there is a hidden wholeness in you already that Christ wants to show you and give to you so that you might have this peace that passes understanding. That you might know this wholeness and begin to operate your life from that place, that place of, of what feels like a real security. No matter what else is going on out here, that that wholeness would come through you and you would be able to love with abandon and care. You would be able to be generous to a fault. You would be able to show people that there is so much more going on in this world that they might find their wholeness in Christ as well. And so today, may you know the wholeness of Christ that has been given to you. May you know peace. Amen.